delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, Gangsta Rap. Let's go. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. There are always major stories that break over the weekend, and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today. So stay tuned for our Weekend Recap, featuring author of the book, Trap History, and executive editor of Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Mr. A.R. Shaw, welcome back to the show. How you been, man? Man, it's good, man. It's a lot going on this weekend. I'm ready to dive into it. All right. Well, I won't I won't keep the people waiting. Let's do it. Um, first up, the thing that's been making huge waves across the music industry is Jan Winter apologized for saying black and female musicians aren't articulate enough for his new book. Um, so first off, give us a little bit of background on this story and then we'll talk about that one. Yeah, of course, Jan, he's uh, the co-founder of the Rolling Stone, uh, probably the most popular music uh, magazine in the history of the nation. And he's writing a book, basically interviewing uh, celebrities uh, in, the, in the music industry, uh, Bono, uh, I think Paul McCartney, I think it's several prominent yeah, artists. Yeah, Townsend, yeah. Yeah, so in, in one of them, you know, he was interviewed by the Times and they asked him, you know, why aren't there any Black artists or women artists uh, included in his book. And basically he stated that they don't have the articulation to my, in my opinion, I guess, in my guess that to uh, describe what was, I guess the, the music that they create, uh, but it was an overt uh, racist statement. And of mm-hmm. course uh, the rock and roll hall of fame uh, removed him from the board. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, 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 uh, he, he had to put an apology that he uh, put out there, but we all got got to go with the first initial statement because we think that's that's really how he truly feels. You know, he's seventy seven years old. He's been in the music industry for decades, and for him to have this uh, type of sentiment towards black artists says a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and one of the things that um, 
so I couldn't figure out for the life of me how he could say something so ignorant. And, you know, when you think of Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone, the cover of Rolling Stone has featured black artists going back as long as I can remember. Um, you know, Rolling Stone is the same magazine that put Jimi Hendrix at the number one list of guitar players of all time. Right. And so and several times they've done that. And so for me, I'm like, how could the the owner and the, and the founder say something like this? And then I, I, I tried to like, I guess, read between the lines, maybe, or, or try to reinterpret what he was trying to say, because how it came across is that black people, as you mentioned, black people aren't articulate, are, are, aren't articulate enough. But what I ended up finding which doesn't make it better. But what I think he was trying to say was that these white artists, these white male artists articulated what was going on at the time that they were creating the albums. They were articulating what was happening in the country um, better than anyone else. And there were no black artists or women artists that he found that articulated the moment in in the culture in the moment in in rock and roll history or something like that right again which the people who are the best articulators of rock and roll um are the people who founded it so we'll start and end the conversation there those are black people that is well documented be beginning and end of conversation i don't want to hear about elvis i don't want to hear about pete townsend but i think that's what he was trying to say and that was the only way i could reconcile the same person who again put jimmy hendrix at number one with a person who would say something so ignorant, which it's still incredibly ignorant, but his opinion, at least, you know, his wrong opinion, at least there was, he wasn't just spewing some crazy nonsense. Well, I guess he was spewing crazy nonsense. I don't know. It was very, very troubling for me, as you can tell. Um, but I do want to add to that. Um, I read his apology and his apology sounded well-crafted. Um, it was not sincere. <laughs> it was not, oh my God, this is not at all me. This is not, it wasn't anything like that. I didn't feel the emotion. It was well-crafted, almost like he sat with a PR firm yeah. and they, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was very robotic. There was, it was soulless. Okay. I'll say that. And, and then um, I want to go back to the beginning that, that New York times interview. And I want to pull something that he said, because not only did he said that, that black artists and women artists at two different times in the same interview, he said that neither were articulate enough to uh, make it, make, make their way into his book. But then he doubled down. So there's a third time in the interview when he's like, this is really how I feel. And I want to share this with you and with our listeners. He says, maybe I should have gone and found one black and one woman artist to include here that didn't measure up to that same historical standard just to avert this kind of criticism. And then he goes on to say, which I get it. I had a chance to do that. Maybe I'm old fashioned and I don't give an expletive or whatever. So the the apology that followed this doesn't doesn't hold up to that. There's the emotion right there, right? The apology was was entirely soulless, and I hope nobody buys his book and he dies in shame. Anyway, moving on. 
uh let's talk about tyler perry and oh, wow. uh what's been going on in the headlines with him uh he has been getting dragged on twitter after encouraging black women to find love with less paid men so give us a bit more on this one yeah i think uh tyler perry he's uh uh said something that's going to always cause hysteria in the black community yeah. um of course um well, well let's go back into the, to, to the initial quote so the initial quote that he used is that um you know you know you have to find someone who honors you honors the house honors his wife and because of his gift his gift might not be your gift that is okay. That's not somebody that's beneath you. That's somebody who can who came to love you at your worth. Right. So this was Tyler Perry's statement. Of course, he caught backlash on social media. Uh, you know, several individuals saying that black women shouldn't have to compromise who they are. And this is in far contrast to what Ebony K. Williams said a few months ago uh, when she caught backlash for saying that she wouldn't date or marry a bus driver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, Tyler Perry is catching flack for saying the opposite. Uh, but in my opinion, in reality, there's no panacea to how and who you choose to love. Um, you know, whether you choose someone who is socially uh, uh, ahead of you in, in terms of uh, or equally stoked in terms of financially or socially, that's OK. Or if you choose someone who is not as uh, on par with you from a social standpoint, that's OK as well. I just think that people shouldn't go to social media or media uh, to determine who and how they love. Yeah. I, and I think that I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I don't want to touch this conversation with a 10 foot pole. There's, there's no way to win. And the sad reality is that, you know, you hear it all the time. We need to talk about this stuff. We need to have these really important conversations. People need to know that there's strength in numbers that they're not an outlier that this is not them breaking with norm and tradition that there are other people who are responding to you know this modern version of reality and yet and still every time someone tries to talk about it every time somebody tries to provide some alternatives to people's often enough static reality they end up in this situation we're looking at here with tyler perry so again i don't want to touch this uh, in terms of my personal opinions. Um, but what I will say is that you're right. It, it does sit in contrast to what happened with Ebony K. Williams. I didn't even put that together, but you're absolutely right. Um, and the fact of the matter is that social media, and I found this out recently, you know, I'm, I'm, it recently, you know, I'm a I'm a broadcaster, I'm a radio personality. So I never looked at my social media platforms like I really needed to like put together a concerted effort to accomplish a goal there. You know, I, I've always had an, a big enough audience and felt like if I say something, there's enough folks to receive it. But lately I've had to really put some effort into my social media, you know, and, and be consistent and be present there. And man, it is a very, very toxic place. And people say hurtful things that reflect how they feel in a, in a fraction of a moment. And and rarely do people kind of have the duality necessary to really understand that there are at minimum two sides to a conversation, two sides to an argument, and allow themselves the, the capacity to listen to an alternative view that they eventually may adopt given, a, you know, the right set of circumstances. 
And so what I've seen, certainly in the people responding to Tyler Perry, is a lot of people who are either deliberately misinterpreting what he's trying to say or being argumentative and combative just for the sake of having a contrarian um, opinion that they can get off on social media or um, they are not really understanding the fact that he's not painting with that broad a stroke. He's, he's, he's not saying all women should do this thing all the time. You know what I mean? This is very circumstantial. This is, you know, hey, look, if this doesn't work out, don't be afraid of exploring this, which, you know, when we say it, it sounds like, yeah, that's very reasonable. But when, you know, Twitter gets a hold of it and they can reinterpret it, then it's it just becomes very, very toxic. I want to share a couple of these examples before we move on, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So um, there's one person in Hood Publicist that says, I don't care what Tyler Perry says. Ain't no way I got. I only got $50 on the light bill type. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase here. Uh, ain't no, I only got $50 on the light bill type man allowed in my house. I'm perfectly fine with being single forever. He's not talking to that person. If they're fine being single forever, then cool. You and Jesus, you know, you, you guys will both be in the grave together. Uh, at Mrs. Bundridge, my thoughts on Tyler Perry have never wavered. He's a misogynist who lives to humble black women. How about that? I loathe him and his buffoon alter ego, Medea. That B word made billions at our expense and has the audacity to want us to all live on love. He can bite the deepest part of my groin. You see how hateful and, and hurtful that is intended to be? You know what I mean? Uh, it's just very, very hurtful. Um, made billions at our expense. He could make any movies that he wants. He could put his talents anywhere. He's trying to tell black stories, put black actors on. You know, so there's two ways to look at this Medea stuff and this Tyler Perry stuff, but they've chosen to look at it the worst possible way. I want to share another one here. Um, at Scorpio 5, why doesn't a rich black man like Tyler Perry share knowledge, insight, and tips to black men to position themselves to be better providers? Always asking black women to adjust and accommodate to a patriarch system we didn't create and is designed against us is insane to me. I'm not saying that what this person is saying factually is incorrect, but I'm saying that attacking Tyler Perry on social media feels like a cheap shot. Not for what he said, but for who he is. I'm, again, I'm not I don't have any any proclamations about what he said, whether it's right or wrong, but who he is as a person that just feels a little bit like unfair. And and the list goes on. I'll spell you the rest. But the fact of the matter is that it just is very, very sad to see and 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 to compare it with what happened with Ebony K. Williams, because, again, she was on the other side of it and she got dragged to, you know what I mean? It just there's no winning oh, on the Internet. And it's just it's it's really sad. No win situation. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it. 
so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Black Information Network correspondent and author of the book Trap History, as well as the executive editor of Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw, joins us today. All right. Uh, in other news, there was a brand new Karen this weekend arrested for holding a black newspaper delivery driver at gunpoint. Give us more on this story. Yeah, this is another example of a Karen going wild. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this was a situation where a black woman was uh, delivering mail and the Karen followed her around um, and and basically held her at gunpoint, mm-hmm. stating that she didn't feel safe. And um, I know we make this tongue in cheek thing about Karens and, and, and kind of laugh at it. But uh, in all serious, uh, seriousness, this is a black woman who could have lost her life yeah. uh, because of, of the color of her skin. And so we really have to take these people to task and and really call it out uh, to, for what it is, which an, an overt uh, act of racism. And uh, yeah, she was she was charged. Uh, but let's hope that she's prosecuted to the fullest extent. Yeah. Based on where she lives, I think it was like South Carolina or something like that. It wouldn't surprise me if she was not charged, um, especially given her excuse i'm using air quotes for those that can't see me um the woman claimed uh then this uh, this in all stories you can find at the black information website binnews.com but the woman claimed that she was terrified 
after seeing a vehicle in her neighborhood that, quote, didn't belong there. She told police that she held the newspaper delivery driver at gunpoint in fear of her life. Okay, so. um, Again, this this world and in particular, this country has been known to center the sensitivities of white people and white women over the the lives <laughs> indeed of the rest of us marginalized folks black people in particular so if she feared for her life that's what the police always use and she pulls a gun out and you know comes this close to ending a life um then white then the white establishment will say that is it it's not uncommon for them to say, well, of course she would pull out a gun and walk up to a vehicle or drive up to a vehicle in this case and point the gun at the individual driving the vehicle because she was, she was fearing for her life. You know, these aren't behaviors that any rational person would think of that, that a person who is afraid would do. A person who's afraid is probably going to flee. A person that is angry, a person that is wanting to respond, a person that is full of hate, a person that is racist might pick up a weapon and then go out there and try to attack. That's what it looks like to me, you know, and based on the story that I read. Um, But I think another thing is illuminated here. And that in particular is the issue that we have with guns in this country. Any person, it doesn't matter where they are mentally. It doesn't matter what their belief system is. It doesn't matter if they're racist or if they're a, a clergy person. They can go to a store and provided that they are a U.S. citizen, they can procure a device whose only purpose is to kill. That's all it does. You're never going to shape wood like you would with a knife. It's not a, a flamethrower or a wrecking ball, anything that has another purpose elsewhere. Only thing that it's designed to do is end a life. That's it. And for people like this to have a guaranteed right in this country to be able to go and procure a firearm, it, I think it really speaks to, in my belief, the founding fathers had a very different idea of what guns were and meant and how they could be used. Um, when, when they wrote the constitution of this country. But I think that this also shows that more guns doesn't necessarily make people safer. More guns means more people dying because if the driver of this vehicle, you know, there's a lot of black people who really believe that we need to arm ourselves. Again, I'm not going to say that's right or wrong, but I do believe the outcome is that now there's two people with a gun. And either this white woman dies and and the black woman has to deal with the consequences of that. She has to try to get a good lawyer and tell her story and make the case that she was the one indeed fearing for her life um, in a, in a judicial system that is, as we know, stacked against her, or she loses her life anyway, because the white woman has the gun and neither of them really needed a gun. And in this instance, in this, in this particular instance. And so I do believe that we are in need of critical examination and indeed an overhaul of our, (laughs) let's call it second amendment, but that's just me. Um, And hopefully we end up with less situations like this happening, because often enough, when it comes to the Second Amendment, black people are the victims uh, and we're not the the beneficiaries. And no matter how many guns we get, unless we have all the other 
ducks in a row, the criminal justice system, you know, the the political uh, arenas that w- in which we we need to be represented and and on and on and on. Um, the Second Amendment is always going to harm us, no matter how many guns we buy. Is we 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 need the narrative <laughs> and and the defense, and that's what what our Caucasian brothers and sisters seem to have. Um, but we'll leave that one right there. Let's move on to the last story here. Uh, Clark Atlanta University dorm rooms were impacted by severe flooding. I saw the videos of this, um, but but help it live for our listeners today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually in Atlanta right now, and I was here. Uh, in the city when we had these torrential downpours uh, within a matter of like an hour. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> just came out of nowhere. It was sunny uh, early that morning, and then like in the afternoon, it just had this uh, crazy downpour of rain. And particularly in the downtown area of Atlanta, um, which is kind of like it sits in the valley a little bit. A lot of people don't know that it's a lot of hilly uh, places and, and uh, landscapes near the uh, what we call the AUC Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark Atlanta and uh, that water is, is is flooded. So not only did Clark Atlanta get flooded, but the Georgia Aquarium flooded as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, we talk about Clark Atlanta. There was floods within the dorm rooms and there's video that captured uh, water and, and uh, several students who were uh, actually caught within the midst of that flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they had to uh, basically uh, they told all the students to 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 to. Uh, basically relocate they put them in safer in a safer environment and now we're just seeing um a lot of hbcus coming together right now they're uh created a fund and and um you know they you know for morehouse college spelman fort valley state they've all sent in donations um including money toiletries food clothing to all mm-hmm. the students impacted by this flooding so uh hopefully you know more more money comes in from across the nation to help the students who are impacted good good i like that um i want to uh just share a bit before we wrap up here a spokesperson for clark atlanta university shared that it's students who are impacted by the storms and flooding are safe and as you mentioned they're all been relocated to new housing um, and then it goes on to say all students living in the residential areas affected by flooding in the, are in the process of being relocated to new housing. We will continue to assess the impact of the severe inclement weather, the university said in a statement. So it looks like everything's going to be OK, but those are some really dramatic videos that we saw. And obviously, they've been making the rounds and, and making headlines. And so I wanted to share that as well. Um, with that in mind, I'd like to thank you, as always, for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts and your perspective on on all these stories uh it's always a joy to have you on once again today's guest is the author of the book trap history and the executive editor of atlanta daily world mr a r shaw this has been a production of the black information network today's show was produced by chris thompson have some thoughts you'd like to share use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app while you're there be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. 
Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already know. a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, fam! I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.